Hello, Chatter Gang, and welcome to another episode of the Chatterstorm podcast. This week, we've got important news to cover. Wizards released an MTG Arena state of the game and dropped the details on a new digital premiere play path. But before we get to the good stuff, we have plugs. If you're not already, you should follow us on Twitter at ChatterstormPod and you should check out Through the Cinefine, our weekly newsletter to keep you up to date on the standard meta. Once Streets of New Capanna drops, you're going to want to be subscribed to Through the Cinefine. So check out all the links in the description. And a final quick note from us, all of our content is free, so we hope you love it. And if you do love it, then the best way to support us is to tell your friend to join the Chatter Gang. Now, the big juicy thing. This week, well, there's a few juicy things, but I think the biggest, juiciest thing is the announcement of a new format for Arena. It's going to be called Explorer, and it's a true-to-paper constructed format that is designed to build towards Pioneer. Now, what do you know about Pioneer, Sarah? So Pioneer is a non-rotating constructed format and it's got all cards from, it's one of the Ravnica sets, but I can't 100% remember which one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a constructed format. Uh, you have a 60 card deck, a 15 card sideboard. It's mostly best of three. You could play best of one as well. Um, it's similar to modern it's a non-rotating format so nothing rotates uh and every card from return to ravnica onwards is legal which i think is about 10 years worth of magic cards i'm not 100 percent sure on that return to ravnica came out in 2012 so yeah this year pioneer is is a 10-year format. Um, and it was brought in just to kind of break up the accessibility issues that modern has. Uh, you know, modern cards go back pretty far and they can be pretty hard to find and pretty rare and therefore very expensive. Uh, Pioneer is non-rotating. Players do love non-rotating formats and it should be less expensive than modern. But that's not always the case because of power creep. Because magic cards tend to just get stronger over time, the last 10 years worth of magic cards are incredibly powerful and are, they're only getting stronger. So there's I don't know how much of a difference there really is between modern and pioneers power levels. Regardless, this new format is not pioneer. It's called Explorer and it's going to contain in arena all of the pioneer legal cards it's going to be true to paper which means there's going to be no digital cards and it's going to reflect the same cards and the same ban list as pioneer and the goal is to build towards pioneer so explorer is kind of an interim measure while wizards basically add all of the pioneer legal cards into arena can they not just do it all in one go would that make arena explode or something <laughs> um, it, they could probably do it, yes, because, you know, the, all the Pioneer cards are legal in MTG Online. So, yes, they could probably do it, but it would be a massive amount of work and it would take years. Oh. Is that not what you expected? Years was not what I expected. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, they'd have to shut Arena down for a weekend and nobody would like that. <laughs> Ye years is a long time. Years is a long time. Good sentence thank you um <laughs> yeah it, it would take years uh and it, it will take years and i think that explorer is just 
a way to reassure the community that we are getting Pioneer and you can play it. It's not Pioneer yet because that's going to take a very long time to implement, um, but we are going to get there. Um, and while it is supposed to be true to paper, it's not actually going to be exactly the same as Pioneer. They're only going to print into Arena the cards that are actually relevant to Pioneer. They're going to prioritize those first. So while it could take years to put into Arena every single card from Return to Ravnica onwards, Wizards have said they're going to prioritize the cards that actually see play in Pioneer. So we could have a format that's very similar to Pioneer a lot sooner. And that really depends on Wizards. Like it, it could be something like a few months to a year before Explorer and Pioneer are functionally the same because Wizards have put in all of the most relevant cards. And then it's just like niche decks and, uh, and weird sort of jank that you don't have access to in Explorer, but you yeah. do have access to in Pioneer. Um, and that should still all come eventually. But uh, yeah, Wizards seem to be taking the right approach of prioritizing the cards that are actually going to see play. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do about collecting these cards. Uh, like if we think about Historic, it's just so painful um, to collect Historic cards because you can't open packs for them. You have to spend your wild cards on those cards. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think that, well, Wizards are going to continue to release historic anthologies, which are big packs of cards, and they're going to probably become more relevant to Pioneer. Um, I think that historic is going to get access to all of those Pioneer cards as well. That, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure that any cards that are added to Arena are going to be legal in historic. I, I think that's kind of what they're trying to do with historic. Mm -hmm. um, so any cards put into Arena for Pioneer, or, or for Explorer, I should say, uh, are also going to be legal for Historic. But of course, Historic has all of those digital cards as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that Historic Anthologies are going to be the way that you primarily collect your Explorer cards, which is a bit of a pain because Historic Anthologies aren't great. They're pretty expensive and you get one copy of all of the cards in the Anthology, I think, which is not oh, really playable. Yeah, it, so, but we'll see, we'll see, because it is rubbish, but it's an economy feature of Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, yeah, that's and true. all of, yeah, so it's going to be rubbish. But there do seem to be, and I'm afraid to say it in case I jinx something, there do seem to be some positive economy shifts in Arena. Wizards seem to be making some changes that are taking us in kind of the right direction. Uh, but as usual, there are some hits and there are some misses with some of the economy updates. What economy improvements have we actually seen, Sarah? Uh, so there's been a couple. The first one, uh, which I'm actually quite happy about, is that you can now use uh, gold to buy packs. Because I think I've said on here a few times, mm -hmm. I have like 60,000 gold and about 200 gems. And <laughs> yeah. I think previously you could only buy one pack with gold. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that was the case. I, I was thinking this when I read this change. Um, I'm confident you could buy a pack for 1,000 gold. Yeah. Before, right. But looking at these um, prices, so you can buy one pack for 1,000 gold uh, or 200 gems. Um, or you can buy 90 packs for 
18,000 gems or 90,000 gold. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think we need to do the maths on that to see whether buying 90 packs is any kind of deal. So if we do 200 times 90, well, that's 18,000. Okay. So there's just no, there's no discount for buying packs oh, in yeah, bulk. I see. I'll, um, for a minute there, I was like, what, where are you getting these random numbers from? But yeah, what the hell? So this is really, yeah, this is, this is surprising to me because I always just assumed that there was and always just assumed that if you, that the more packs you bought, the better value you, you were getting. And so I was going to criticize wizards for this move. Um, because it seems to me that if you use gems, you get better value for buying lots of packs mm -hmm. versus gold, which is clearly like... A thousand you know, gold you, per you, pack, yeah. Yeah, a thousand gold per pack, no, no matter how many you buy. But actually, yeah, that's really I, I'm wrong and it's worse than I thought. <laughs> Even when you buy 90 packs, it's still not any cheaper. Oh, God, that's yeah. so funny. I mean, it's funny in a bad way, but that's really funny. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so redundant. It's so, like they should they could just put one pack is 200 gems or a thousand gold and that like they don't even need all the different bundles like just have a slider that, yeah i was literally gonna say surely you just have a thing where you can just add 10 to your cart or whatever because who really wants 90 packs in one go aside from people that think it's like a, a better deal oh well i have bought 90 packs in one go in the past yeah but you thought you thought it was a good deal so oh yes yeah uh, yeah because i thought it was slightly better value um yeah <laughs> because you don't even want to open uh, 90 packs yeah. in one go it can be fun it is right so it, it can is be fun. it is it fun, fun but when i've for like the month where i did fairly decent on arena and then got a fair few packs for getting to what did i get to diamond at the end of the season however many packs you get for that i was bored by the end of opening them and it couldn't have been more than like 10 right i think it's like six to be honest exactly <laughs> um but anyway you can also buy mythic booster packs with gold mm -hmm. um so mythic booster packs are booster packs but the rare slot of the pack is guaranteed to contain either a mythic a rare or a mythical rare wild card. Uh, is that right? Is that right? Oh no 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 no. That's not right. It's it's either it either contains a mythic card, a mythic wild card, or a rare wild card. So no random rare. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's either a mythical rare wild card or a mythic card. Um, which. Yeah, I mean, the Mythic Packs, um, I'm not all that impressed by them. I, I can see why some people might want them. I guess having the option to uh, spend your gold this way is good, but this is not the best way to use your gold. Um, it used to be that the most efficient way to spend your gold was to be half decent at Limited mm -hmm. and join Limited events. But there have been some changes that mean that you no longer need to grind limited to convert your gold into gems. Why don't you tell us, Sarah? So wizards have made some changes to the evergreen constructed events, like your alchemy events, standard events that are available all the time. And basically they will now have higher entry fees, but also higher rewards. So you used to win gold and individual card rewards, which would just be like a random rare or maybe a mythic that's legal. Uh, and now you're yeah. going to win gems and packs. 
which is just tons, tons better. Uh, so I think, yeah, it, it's not much more like I think it used to be 2000 gold to enter these events. Now it's 2500. Um, but as you win, you earn gems um, and packs, which are just, yeah, a lot better for filling out your collection or accumulating wild cards. Gems are the premium currency of arena you can do a lot more with them and if you get seven wins in a best of one uh, standard or alchemy event or something uh, then you're getting 500 gems three packs and one play-in point a play-in points are a new thing that they've added to arena which we will talk about later it's to do with how you kind of qualify for arena championships and stuff um, but yeah turning 2500 gold into five ge 500 gems and three packs is a pretty good rate. We know that uh, at least how Wizards values it, a thousand gold buys you a pack, right? Mm -hmm. um, so 500 gems and three packs is good. Of course, you, you still have to get seven wins to get there. So where exactly do you start to even out? Um, and I, I think I think it's at five wins. At five wins, you get 400 gems and two packs. So we know two packs is worth a thousand gold, and we know that about three hundred gems, I think, is is worth a thousand gold. So I think wait, what? At four wins, yeah, yeah, because um, if you want to buy a pack, a single pack, oh, it's two hundred gems. A single pack is two hundred gems, right? Yeah, and a single pack is one thousand gold. Yes, so two hundred gems is worth a thousand gold. So if you win four of your games in a, a standard event with this new prize structure, mm -hmm. you get 300 gems, which is worth 1,500 gold, and one pack, which is worth 1,000 gold. So that actually breaks you even. You pay 2,500 gold to get in. If you get four wins, then you have evened out in value, but you've turned your gold into gems and packs, which is better. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the prizes just go up from there. So that's pretty standard. Like, you just have to have uh, four wins is is pretty achievable. Uh, like, yeah, that's, that's not bad. And this is a really good change because it means that there are other ways to grind for resources in Arena other than playing specifically Limited. Because while Limited is a fantastic format, and I love Limited, uh, you shouldn't have to play it if you don't want to play it. Um, now you can play standard or alchemy or, or actually any constructed format and you can earn the same prizes. You can still turn your gold into gems and packs and then turn those gems into things like, well, more event entries, uh, maybe even like qualifier events, uh, like qualifier weekend entries or, well, no, no, not, not qualifier, uh, qualifier play-in entries, which is also a new thing, which we're going to talk about in a bit. So this is a good change. I think this is, I don't know why this wasn't implemented sooner, to be honest. It kind of seems like a no-brainer to me, but this is good and Wizards did good here. And speaking of limited, Wizards have also made some changes to the traditional draft event. Essentially, what they have done is made the reward structure better for less wins and a bit worse for more wins to essentially reduce the top heaviness. So I won't go into the details, but yeah, zero and one wins, you get a little bit more than you used to. And beyond that, you get less. Um, I will just mm -hmm. mention when you get to three wins, though, the new play in points mystery thing that we'll go over later comes into effect. So that is, I guess, a new good thing that you get for three wins 
Yes. I think that making the... So I think this is a... I think this was the right idea. Making the traditional draft support, like prize support structure, less top-heavy was something that was needed because it kind of just pushed out newer players because those players who were not very confident that they would hit two or three wins were kind of pushed out of the format. This makes it a little bit easier for them to get involved with traditional draft, which is a really fun format um, and is a great way to learn draft as well. So, so the idea is right, but I think this is a bad change. I think the wizard executed this poorly. Yes, because I've done the maths, uh, and it wasn't—it <laughs> wasn't really hard to do. But if you look at how they've distributed the prizes, mm -hmm. they have reduced the top prize by five hundred gems. Yeah, and they have given those five hundred gems to the uh, two players who get zero or one wins. Except they haven't, because mm -hmm. they've only added. 350 gems worth of prizes. Okay, I was about to sense. say yeah, I was about to say you're really bad at maths, but I, <laughs> I, I get yeah. how that it was for effect. I was like, dude, they that's have... 350. <laughs> yes, I was, I was just a touch of drama. <laughs> um, they have added 350 gems to the prize pool and taken away 500 and said that all they've done is make it less top heavy. That is a lie. They have reduced the prize support available in traditional drafts. Um, and they just don't need to do this. It, I, do, I don't know if wizards know, but gems are a made-up currency and they have complete <laughs> control over how many gems they give people. Like, there was no reason to reduce the prizes that people can win in traditional drafts here. Uh, and they've kind of... They've not even addressed it. They've just... Um, they've just said that it's, uh, you know... it's oh, we've just made it less top-heavy, but they haven't. They have made it less top-heavy. Mm -hmm. They've also taken away um, 150 gems worth of prizes for okay. no good reason. So do you think the actual way to address it would have been to make the changes to the lower wins, as in making them better, but keep the higher wins as they were? Yep, I, I think so. Okay. I think that they should give 50 more gems to zero wins and 100 more gems to one win. And then, yeah, that that would be fine. Well, as we've discovered throughout this episode, um, wizards are quite cheeky with the maths, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just don't do the maths when it comes to wizards, because you'll just be sad. Yes. No, do do the maths and be sad, and tweet us your sadness. Um, moving swiftly on, um, that's enough about the economy. While these are actually relatively positive changes for the economy... Um, it honestly seems like whenever wizards make economy changes, even if they are good ones, they manage to fuck it up somewhere yeah. in a way that makes me angry. Uh, so for the sake of my blood pressure, and let's talk about Premier Play. Because this is something that we've all been really excited about for a long time. Um, since the MPL was taken round back and shot in the head last year. Um, and nobody's really been sure what's happening with professional magic um and there was a an organized play announcement a few weeks ago which told us what professional play is going to look like on paper and we have been waiting to find out what it's going to look like digitally 
-hmm. Now, Wizards have released an article which outlines changes for both MTG Online and MTG Arena. We are not going to talk about MTG Online because we don't know how to play it. Uh, so we're just going to talk about <laughs> MTG Arena. Sorry for any of our fans who are Magic Boomers, but we just wouldn't know. We just, yeah, we just wouldn't really know where to start. Um, but <laughs> Arena. So there's a few key changes. At the moment, the way that it works is if you finish in the top 1,200 on the ladder in either constructed or limited, then you qualify for a qualifier weekend. Now, as we describe this, um, I think the word qualify is going to stop sounding like a real word because we're going to say it a lot, just warning. Maybe each time we can say it in a different accent. But single words don't sound all too different in different accents. I know, give it a go. But we can try. We, we, yeah, we can try. Um, yeah, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> if you finish in the top 1,200 on the ladder, you qualify, that one was English, yeah. for a, do I have to say qualifier in an accent? <laughs> yes, anytime. Because then, then it's going to get really messy, but okay, <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> then <laughs> you qualify to play in a qualifier <laughs> weekend event. So that's a two-day event. Uh, you play seven games on day one, and if you win those, then you qualify for day two i'm gonna run out of accents real quick well that you just um, i don't know if you could do the same ones but you just did one of my only ones i can do <laughs> so now i'm screwed um yeah i'm taking all the easy ones for sure so you win day two of your qualifier weekend and uh, then you could, you know, before that would open up other paths into uh, professional magic for you. Nobody understood what those paths were because they were an absolute steaming hot mess. Yeah. Uh, but now it's a lot. It's a lot simpler. So now, if you finish in the top two hundred and fifty on the ladder, you <laughs> you. Qualify for <laughs> a you qual you you qualify for a qualifier. What weekend. accent that was, was that? That was French, and then it was German. This is what I'm talking about. It's hard to <laughs> capture an accent with a single word. Like you need a sentence to say or something. Oh, it's really <laughs> great though. I don't know if we're gonna have to just record this bit again, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to stop. We're not <laughs> going to record it again. I'm going to stop and just say it in a normal voice. Because I'm, I'm burning through accents so quickly. And it's just going to get that offensive. If, was, if it's not already offensive. Yeah, I mean, that last one, I don't know if you can say it was German. And I it was German. I won't tell everybody about the hand gestures you used while you were doing your French accent. I don't even, I wasn't even paying attention to that. Was it bad? <laughs> I just said I'm not telling anyone. Okay, well, anyway. So, if you finish... In the top 250 on the ladder, in either limited or constructed, then you qualify for the next qualifier weekend. Qualifier weekends are going to happen four times a year, so once every three months. With me so far? Yes. Yes? 
Okay. So that's changed. It used to be top 1200. It's all the way down to top 250. However, if you finish in the top 1200, you do get play-in points. So play-in points are a new thing that you can win various ways of winning them in Arena, and you can spend play-in points to enter a qualifier play-in, which is going to happen once a month. And if you win the qualifier play-in, which I think is going to be like a one-off seven wins event, then you win an entry, you qualify for the qualifier weekend, okay? I'm glad we stopped So, So you can win play-in points by getting seven wins in a constructed event, getting all three wins in a, in a best of three event. But if you, so if the top prizes in any events on arena are going to give you some amount of playing points, like one to three or something like that. If you get enough playing points, then you can cash those in to enter a qualifier play-in. So that's once a month. Mm-hmm. If you do well in that qualifier play-in, you qualify for a qualifier event, which happens every three months. And if you do well in that qualifier event, then you qualify for the arena championship and a paper pro tour so the arena championship happens once a year and paper pro tours happen i'm not sure exactly how often but that is basically it so you finish top 250 in the ladder or get enough playing points and you can enter into these these different events and eventually make your way up to the arena championship and the paper pro tour um, so it's still a little complicated, but it's, it is much simpler. My God, it's so much simpler than it used to be. This is, well, what do you think, Sarah? Completely lost? I mean, entirely lost. Um, okay, so in summary, if you finish in the top 250, you get into a qualifier weekend. If you win enough events, you get enough play-in points to enter a qualifier play-in. If you win that play-in, then you also get into a qualifier weekend. And if you win the qualifier weekend, then you get into the arena championship and you qualify for a paper pro tour at some point in the future, which is good. It is a lot simpler. Even if you're still lost, trust us, it's a lot simpler than it used to be. Hmm. Um, my only major concern is if you if you qualify for the arena championship, you also qualify for a paper pro tour, mm-hmm. whichever one is nearest to you, I suppose. Um, but... Honestly, I think that digital and paper magic are very different games. Like the, there's skills involved yeah. in in both that do not cross over. And I think that for magic zoomers who only ever play arena, paper will be quite a shock, especially if they go straight in to a paper pro tour, having not played much paper. Mm-hmm. Like I think it could be like a sensory overload because they have to shuffle their deck and they have to remember their draw step and stuff like that um i think it could be difficult yeah and actually i i think we've kind of seen that firsthand with um your little brothers or one of them in particular that you taught to play last year the year Mm -hmm. before um you set them both up on arena first and then for a while they were like yeah not remembering to draw not like remembering to do it all but not in the order it's supposed to be done and i would imagine that There's a big difference from doing that in, you know, just your casual FNM or at a pro players tournament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's so much more nuance to paper play. There's things like um, reading your opponent, bluffing. Um, Mm -hmm. There's things like 
uh, maintaining the game state and remembering all of the triggers like that. These are all major sub processes that you have to have running that arena kind of takes care of for you. So you can just focus on the magic and it's tough. I, like paper magic is a lot harder than arena. Uh, that's the, that's the truth of it, especially competitive um, paper yeah. magic. Like when you need to optimize, um, like if you, no matter how good you are at magic, if you've never played paper before and you sit across somebody who is a paper veteran, they will read you like a book and they will play in a way that just wraps you around the little finger. Mm-hmm. Like, and and that's you know I guess to an extent that's not really what the game was meant to be about, but also maybe maybe it was actually, and you're just bitter. <laughs> Are you talking to anyone specifically? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I'm just I'm just putting putting that out there. Um, <laughs> There you go, guys. You're you're bitter if you're. I'm not even sure what they're bitter about. Um, if you think that somebody doing things like bluffing in paper and uh, uh, and reading your opponent, like the way that they behave, their facial expressions, the way that they're acting, uh, even how nervous they seem, can like if they don't seem nervous at all, then they're much more likely to have what they need in their hand or, or know mm-hmm. some information that gets them out of it. And like these are things that you can't read in arena. You can read somebody's avatar and sleeves and pet and try and figure out which deck they're playing before they start. Yeah. Um, but in paper, there are a billion other things that you can try to read. Yeah, the only thing you can read on arena is how much of a dick someone is if they just spam the hello button over and over and over again. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. And once again, if you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends who like MTG. We'd also love it if you tweeted us at ChatterstormPod. If you want to find us online, I have about a million different socials. So just go to my website, which is sarahspace.co.uk, and they are all linked there. If for some reason you want to find Josh, he is on Twitter at SultanJosh21, or you can check out his blog, sultanjosh.co.uk. And Sam isn't here today, but he is Sam Farouk on Twitter. Drop us a follow. And that's a wrap. We will catch you next week on the Chatterstorm podcast. Bye, guys. Um, so you finish in the top 250 on the ladder, you get into a qualifier weekend. Oh, do you know what? I don't even know if that's f- fucking correct. It's still complicated.